0: As entrepreneurs, we want to really make a huge dent in the universe. We want to deliver a great experience for our clients. And you're already doing that, most likely. But you want to attract the right clients to you. You're tired of chasing people around, you know, prospective clients and so on. I have one of the top experts in the world in attraction marketing joining us. Mike Dillard at 27 figured it out. And he's been a serial entrepreneur and keeps on building phenomenal businesses that attract the right clients. He's gonna share with us the secrets of attraction marketing. You do not wanna miss this. I'm John Bowen. We're at AES Nation. Stay tuned if you'd like to have some great new clients coming to you systemically. Be right back. Ordinary success no way you want amazing remarkable exceptional breakthroughs dig deep think bold drive hard watch yourself soar beyond your dreams aesnation.com mike i am so excited to uh, have you on the podcast and share your expertise i've been watching your businesses along the way we just had the chance to r- run into each other at Abundance 360 uh, at the bar <laughs> for lunch, though. And uh, it's great. Now, so, first of all, thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, John. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, my, you know, I want to go into, I mean, you've got so many lessons to share with our fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, They're so powerful in information, publishing, and and, and and I want to go to those and and these are important you know sometimes we get caught up just the online guys are interested in this you know online marketing and that's not the case today's world you know if we're interested in attraction marketing we've got to create content we've got to attract people to us and you are an expert in that but I want to go you know i I'm thinking you know you didn't wake up at sixteen wanting to you know, create this empire that you have and all these businesses and so on. Tell me how you got into this. You know, what's the journey and kind of where you're going with it?
1: Well, it's, you actually weren't far off. Uh, you know, about 16 or 17, I, I started my my first job the day I turned 16 in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, that ended up taking me through high school waiting tables at the uh, original macaroni grill in Bernie, Texas, before it became a, a franchise, which was a lot of fun. But... I, you know, missed a lot of the good times that my friends had on the weekends because I was, you know, working until midnight and all of that fun stuff, and it really built a desire in me to uh, want to control my schedule and to put myself in a in a work situation where I would never have to be at the, you know, the behest of somebody else's you know pencil or pen when it came to my time or the amount of money that I made so actually you know that is really where the seed was planted to become an entrepreneur and and I I started and experimented with a bunch of businesses through college uh, failed miserably for about five or six years you know trying everything under the Sun you know I've got my I got my start in college in the network marketing industry and, and that was in the late 90s and, you know, I used to hand out cassette tapes and post flyers and, and, you know, drop sizzle cards in parking lots and cold call lead lists and all of that fun stuff. And it was, uh, you know, trial by fire. I, I didn't have a lot of success at it, but uh, I learned a lot, obviously. And, you know, that eventually turned into success five or six years later. And, and uh, you know, I built my first seven-figure business by 27 at that point, And that turned into an eight-figure business and then another eight-figure business and, and so, um, yeah, you yeah, know, the seed was planted early. No,
0: it's 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 one of the things that is so good about being an entrepreneur is we learn really quickly about the challenges. <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that successful entrepreneurs do is do what unsuccessful entrepreneurs aren't willing to do, and they learn uh, lessons along the way and really seek out solutions. And and you've done that, Mike. And you know, I, I'd like to go. you're, you're you're probably most famous for this attraction marketing. And when I think of attraction marketing, what happens, you know, I mean, boy, this is a dream of every entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I don't care whether you're just getting started or you're super successful, we want that steady stream of pre-qualified clients or customers coming to us. And, and uh, you know, today's technology and all the tools uh, and our knowledge of human behavior is just, I, I don't want to say it's made it easier, but it's certainly allowed us when we get that formula to really accelerate. And you've been one of the guys to accelerate like crazy. How have you done it?
1: You know, its it's interesting. It was a solution to a problem that I had, which was, you know, back in those early days, I was very, very shy and I'm, you know, I'm still an introvert. And I knew that I needed to sell my products and services, but the, the thought of you know, pursuing people or knocking on a door or cold calling leads was uh, horrible you know, to think about for me. I would literally sit there at my desk and, and find anything to do except call my leads for hours and days at a time. And you know, I eventually got up the courage and I got through it, and I did that by eventually getting a job in corporate America recruiting surgeons in Dallas in my early 20s and my goal was to sit at a completely stark empty cube on day 1 and they handed me a binder that was probably 5 or 6 inches thick and they said start dialing and i had to call 300 you know doctors offices a day trying to get through the gatekeeper and you know recruit these physicians who were not happy to be interrupted during their work day so needless to say you know 5 or 6 years of fear of the phone was was dispelled within 2 or 3 days at that position and you know, what I really learned was, once I got over that fear is, you know, that's great, I've I've gotten past this, but this is still a horribly inefficient way to build a business. And so the the question that I asked myself was, well, what if I could get, you know, 10 people to call me a day instead of me calling, you know, 100 or 200 or 300? And what if those 10 people had already gone through, you know, my sales presentation or overview, they were familiar with the product or service that I had, they knew how much it cost, and, you know, they're either calling me to, place an order and get started or to ask me one or two questions that they need some clarification on and at that point they're ready to get started and that to me sounded infinitely more fun and like a life that I would really enjoy as opposed to you know hammering and pounding the phones and trying to twist people's arm and convince them and take them through a sales pitch to you know to buy what I wanted so I you know back in my early 20s got into Dan Kennedy's stuff and Gary Bensavinga and Yannick Silver and, and really these titans of the direct response world and I'll, I'll give Dan Kennedy the you know the number one spot as the the top influence to me in that regard and he had a book you know called magnetic marketing that he wrote a couple of decades ago that really served as the the epiphany for me at that point and so I really caught the bug for that strategy. I applied it to the network marketing business that I was pursuing at the time, and you know, for me, the the solution became: how, what kind of cheese can I put out into the market to attract you know my my mice or the audience, if you will, uh, instead of running you know after them trying to chase them down like a cat. And uh, that was really the the point that changed everything in my life. I I wrote my first ebook, uh, you know, on. Microsoft Word. It was 50 pages long. I called it magnetic sponsoring it and really taught people in that particular industry how to become the hunted instead of the hunter. And I started selling it for $39 online with a, you know, a sales page that I wrote myself. I started selling 30 to 50 copies a day, you know, for $40 a piece. And, you know, all of a sudden that's life changing, you know, money um that business well and was... I, I want
0: to stop here cuz that's a little better than just dialing surgeons too i don't you know i'm i'm thinking sure. you know that the whole concept of outbound versus inbound I, I just want for all fellow entrepreneurs you know imagine that your phone is lighting up you know with all these different people coming i mean and Mike, I've, you know, followed you and really over the last four or five years, I've implemented that. And I'll tell you, I mean, matter of fact, just before we did this podcast, I have a monthly call where we go over all the inbound traffic from everything. And we get the statistics daily, but, you know, this is more of an an hour long improvement meeting with my team. And it's just it's pretty amazing, Um, you know, the success that it has. And it changes your life dramatically. I I just want to, you know get that enthusiasm out to you if you're considering doing this. I mean, what Mike's talking, I mean, this is this is life changing in every business.
1: Well, it it makes, you know, you're officially on easy street at that point. The moment you can position yourself as one of the top, you know, three authorities in your industry or your niche, the world comes to you instead of you having to chase down the world and, you know, I've that's the only way to build a business, in my mind. And you know what I, what I really wanted to share with everyone, if you know, because this is not a, a new concept. It's really been popularized over the last ten years, specifically. But uh, you know, understanding the reason or the psychology behind how it works, I think, is fundamentally important if you're going to use this. And what most people don't understand is that you're triggering uh, pieces of your, you know, genetics on a primal level that have been a, a part of us as a species for you know millions and millions of years and you're you're triggering those and that is really what causes attraction and so when i first sat down to learn about this topic it you know you look at you know why are celebrities uh, you know looked at as attractive and why do they have men and you know women and girls screaming at them and you know wanting to have any kind of interaction that they can and and the same with you know big business magnates on tv or you know whatever it may be what actually triggers that and you just have to realize that this happens on a on a genetic level and it goes back to the early tribal days of you know our uh, you know humanity which is you know back in those days power was uh, provided through strength essentially in survival and so typically the biggest male became the alpha male of the tribe and uh, everyone else gathered around him for protection and safety. Uh, you know, he got his pick of the women and all of that other fun stuff. And then the uh, the men were around him. You know, through association, if he had his you know his right hand man or lieutenant, if you will, you know, in modern terms, uh, would take up that position and, and protect him because he would gain power through association. So if you look at a modern entourage today, and you you know you have a celebrity of some kind walking into a club and they get free access, and the you know the the crowds part to let them in and, you know, they get the VIP service at the table. And then he's got his entourage of his, you know, three to 10 buddies who, they may not be the celebrity, but they're still getting all of the benefits that that celebrity does as well. And it's through that association. So when you're looking at positioning yourself, you know, as an authority figure in your marketplace, you have to keep in mind, what are the things that an alpha would do or a top person would do in any niche as far as how they act, how they dress. And so I put a lot of time and effort into those things when I'm building my brand in my business uh, to really speak to the audience that I want to attract. Because at the end of the day, you know, 80% of the people out there are not going to be the type of people that are right for your business. Even if they may want your product, especially if it's for a high-end service, um, it's probably not going to be a good fit. And so you know a great example of that, which is a mistake that I see made quite often in you know the uh, the business opportunity space or back you know ten years ago when I was in the the networking industry, is people would write advertisements and put put ads out there to that would really appeal to the lowest common denominator, but the most the widest group of people, meaning the ad might say, you know, we'll do the we'll do the work for you, we'll call your leads for you, we'll build your business for you, you know, and, and you can make all the money that you want without really doing any work. So that'll get a really high click-through rate and a high response, but you have to think about the people that are coming in as actual leads in that, do you want those people actually in your business? Well, you know, no, you don't. And so, you know, when I'm building my business and, and putting my marketing pieces together, I really go for a very specific type of person. I dress the way that I want that person to dress, or I want them to at least associate with me and, and how I look and the image I portray, the images that I put on my website, you know, my personal website. I have images of, you know, me racing cars, me speaking on stage, me with, uh, you know, out shooting, you know, AR-15s with my Navy SEAL buddies, and um, you know, those those types of things because it's either going to attract the audience that I want, and uh, or it's going to turn them off, and I'm fine with either way. Uh, you know, either side of the fence that they decide to go on, but um, you know, that's really been the key to my success is to have a conscious effort put in towards those pieces of the puzzle. Uh, I don't wear a suit and a tie ever uh, because that's not the brand that I'm looking to portray. You know, I stand for for freedom, really, and and for me, the uh, the suit and tie thing is uh, you know,
0: the opposite of that. Well, so let me, let me dive in a little bit on this, Mike, because this is really important you know, when we think about it, I mean, what you're doing is the very first step is you're defining the market that you want to serve. I always like the term be a hero to and, you know, you can't be a hero to everybody. I mean, you just can't do it. Yeah. And and there's certain people that, you know, I mean, particularly if you're saying if you're totally desperate, and I've got a solution, you'll be a millionaire tomorrow, you can get a good click through, right? You can, you know, they'll respond, they'll call you, but you can't serve them. And, and it's a lot easier to serve successful people and that are motivated that you're well positioned so we've got to define first who we want to market to and the clearer we can be you know you've taken it that step where you know not that many entrepreneurs do is you know how should i dress how should i interact how should i position myself you know and you do and i'll show your website a little bit later but i mean you've got you know you've got the whole messaging you've got some of the celebrities there you've got you know, a freedom lifestyle, which is you. But then then what you've done really well, what I've seen you do is you identify the problem. I mean, okay, so there's a gap between that audience that you've defined and their aspiration, where they wanna go. And you identify that problem and then provide them with a track that by working with you, you can help solve that. And, and, you know, I mean, that's all of us as entrepreneurs. I mean, that's really the most successful entrepreneurs. We become successful because we're delivering value to our clientele. And, yeah, you know, we're only getting a percentage of that back, but it can be huge as we grow exponentially like you've done. You know, how do you, how do you identify the problem, Mike? So you've got the audience. You know, how do you identify their challenges?
1: You know, well, it's interesting. All of my businesses have been founded upon my own personal problem so the first one magnetic sponsoring was was inspired by the fact that I I hated cold calling and I hated you know pursuing people and selling people and so I needed to figure out a solution to that problem and you know I've I've come to realize that if if I have a challenge there's enough people in this world that have the the same challenge to build a business out of and so that was the first iteration of it you know, as that business became more successful, and, and that was in my my 20s when that took place, uh, I made all of the mistakes that a single guy in his 20s who's making millions of dollars a year would make, which means I had a ton of fun, but I blew everything, you know, for the most part. Um, and so when I hit 30, that was a really big inflection point in my life. And, uh, you know, reality set into where it's like, I am, I am screwing up the opportunity of a lifetime that most people would kill for, which is to have a successful business that I love and to be making this kind of money and and to squander that opportunity on, you know, Aston Martins and boats and stuff is fun, but it's not the smartest move to make. So, you know, that really inspired me to figure out, well, how, how do I invest? And, and it just so happened that I turned 30 the exact same month that the Lehman Brothers, you know, collapse happened in 2008. Which was a huge wake-up call because I I saw how that affected my family and their friends in the Boomer generation and, uh, you know what, what frustrated me most was not only did they take that forty percent haircut but the only solution that was ever offered to them was, you know, from their advisor, which he basically said, "We'll just give us more money and the market will go back up."
0: Yeah, no, and, it's, you know, well, and this is something I'm real passionate about with you, right? I, you know, and I did have the Bentley, I saw the Bentley and the Porsche and all those things, but I. I went through some of that as well on the financial side. And I just see so many people making costly mistakes. I was actually at Lehman Brothers, because we do consulting. I was there on the Friday before they went under. It was kind of an intro. Wow. And Smith Barney is across the street at the time. And so we were in the center of doing that. And it's, uh, and if you weren't alarmed just watching TV, you should have been in the meetings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was even oh, wow. more alarming. So, you know, watching this erosion of wealth and particularly you know where our fellow entrepreneurs I mean not you take a double hit because you're taking a hit on your personal wealth but unless you were specialized in bankruptcies in 2008 2009 it was a challenging period and so you know that led you to do what mike
1: so i i said okay i know what i'm not going to do now you know, which is to follow in the footsteps of, of middle class America and the the public financial institution. You know, uh, you know, meat grinder, uh, which is the way that I came to really view it after that situation. And you know, unfortunately, as I started to look around, I didn't find an alternative. And you know, I I would go to my local bookstore here and you know every book that i saw in the finance and investing arena had been written for that previous paradigm over the last 15 to 20 years which is buy your single family home and you know max out your 401k you know yada 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 and overnight you know after that september 08 every the rules changed you know forever at that point and and there was no blueprint so i couldn't find the solution to my problem so i decided to make it and so i started a business called the elevation group and you know, the idea was really simple. It was, I'm gonna go figure out how to invest my money. I'm gonna I'm going figure out what the wealthy are doing, specifically wealthy entrepreneurs. And I'm going to invest like the rich with the, the presupposition that if you want to be rich, you have to invest like the rich, which was really our tagline. And so it really started as an online diary. It was a private membership site I char- I charged $97 a month to, and it documented my journey into that world of investing. and. You know, I, I shared what I invested in and how those investments did. I, I shared who I was investing with uh, so that if you wanted to really follow in my footsteps and, you know, call up the guys that I'm, I'm investing in an apartment complex with, well, you can do that, which, you know, to me was a huge part of the uh, the program because, you know, unless you're in the inner circle of, you know, the wealthy and You know the right kind of wealth advisors and and guys in your town you don't have access to that stuff because the best investments get taken off the plate first before you know the retail public ever has an opportunity to ever hear about that and so that was really the the mission of the business was to bring those types of strategies and at least make the public aware of them so that they had the opportunity to pursue them if they wanted to or what but at least they had you know the awareness around them and so that business did really well it was the right it was the perfect offer and and idea at the perfect time. You know, when we launched that at the end of 2010, uh, we had 8,600 people join in the first seven days, and we'd go on to do over $10 million in revenue in the first 12 months, and you know, over $25 million in revenue in the the first 36 months. And so that's really been the project that I've worked on for the last four years. Uh, Let well, me gonna...
0: stop you just for a second because that you know if i'm listening and i am listening (laughs) and everybody else that's listening is going okay you know boy mike is taking his passions and something he's intensely interested in identifying that hey there's probably other people like that and i i do that as well in my businesses I, i also have a couple phds so we do surveys to check my stuff but it's still You know, it it is, I love doing, you know, being an entrepreneur that I can go on a journey and help other people the journey I'm on. Uh, And that's been very valuable. But, you know, one thing you started with, you know, really, you know, not much of a market, you know, you've got the ideas, you've got this, you all of a sudden in a week, you're gaining traction and expanding. Share how you did that, how you did that attraction.
1: Well, there's two sides to it. And what I think most people miss is the fact that I have had zero experience in the finance world. I was a complete no one. I, I had, I had, no one had ever heard of me before. I had no brand. I had no track record. I have no expertise at all. And in fact, I showed up and I said, I'm an idiot when it comes to finance and investing, but I'm going to figure this out. And so I always hear from you know, folks who you know, have a chance to talk to me you know, through our, our mentoring stuff hey, Mike, I'm not an expert like you in X, Y, or Z. How can I possibly start a business? Well, you know, the Elevation Group was the perfect example of that where I came in as a green no-one to an industry I knew nothing about, but I could still structure and provide a solution to the rest of the world just by being essentially the host, by playing Oprah, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in that industry, in that niche. And so that to me is, you know, a really valuable lesson, number one. And then on the flip side of that, you know, we we launched when we did launch, we acquired almost nine thousand customers in seven days. Well, how did you do that? And, you know, that is really the power and the benefit of creating that personal brand, uh, you know, that I undertook the previous five or six years. And so when I did launch that business, you know, I had a following, you know, that point of an email list of probably two hundred thousand people. I had a lot of equity built up with uh, affiliates out there who had come to really love and appreciate my, my previous products and what I had put out there in the world, and they knew that I was going to put together something awesome. And so I, I got their support during that launch. I had all of my previous customers. and you know for me, my business is uh, my distribution channel. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone through magnetic sponsoring, I've gone through the elevation group. And those are two different companies, but every single time I, I decide to, to do something else, I'm not starting over from scratch. I'm picking up where I left off because that distribution channel is still in the same place.
0: Okay. So, you know, Mike, as you're doing this, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I see this natural progression that's going on. Um, you got some really good traction, but you, you know, it continued to, and it expanded pretty significantly. You know, how, how did you keep that momentum going once that, you know, the initial start?
1: You know, we, and this is actually going to lead to my biggest mistake, John, that I'll, I'll get to share everybody, which will probably be one of the most valuable pieces of this, uh, you know, this show. Um, but we, when we launched that business, it was based on the marketing piece. Well, we had one marketing piece, which was a 90-minute automated webinar that I had written and recorded. And so we put the, the webinar out there. We put an automated system around it so that people could register and watch it anytime they wanted 24-7, and I had no idea if that webinar was going to convert or not, and it just so happened that it was the best converting marketing piece that I had ever put together. And that obviously was a huge piece of the success moving forward, uh, You know, at least, especially for the first year and into the second year. And the mistake that I made is that I thought that webinar would convert consistently like that forever. Mm-hmm. It was the one piece of the business we didn't have to touch, we didn't have to put time into, and so we got to you know, focus on building a team and putting an office together and putting back end, you know, products and services in place. And and that little engine that was fueling the entire thing just kept on chugging until about the end of the second year. And, you know, all of a sudden, conversion started to slip and slide and, and to a point where affiliates were dropping out because they couldn't buy media, you know, profitably anymore. And, and all of our traffic at that point was from affiliates. Um, and a few media buys that we were doing ourselves, but as conversions started to slide, you know, sales started to slide, and yet we had scaled up, and our expenses were were bigger than ever, which causes a ton of stress and a ton of problems. And so all of a sudden, here we are trying to, you know, reinvent, and and the market had changed. You know, by by 2012, two years later, you know, things had started to recover. The market had started to go back up. The world wasn't ending anymore. And so the webinar material was not relevant anymore at that time based on what was currently taking place and so you know we spent the next year trying to retool that and and put out you know new offers or or new sales videos i think i recorded seven different videos after that at some point over the next year and it never quite bid on the way that it had previously and that was my biggest mistake uh you know during that that time from a a structure standpoint is you know, today I understand that even the best marketing offer in peace has a shelf life of two to three years, and if you're not putting one out, even if it's a grand slam every 12 months, then you're just totally setting yourself up for a very painful period. And so, you know, that was uh, that was the key the key learn you know lesson learned for me during that time.
0: On, I've learned that one as well. So yeah. uh, this yeah. is one uh, you know you find I do. I think last year I did over a hundred webinars and we, we don't do them on demand, but we, you know, they're automated. And it's, it's just amazing when you have the right formula, things work exceptionally well. But you can see that situations, worlds change, and things don't get the same results. And
1: That's that, that so exciting. Yeah, that I know.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I like this automated uh, you know, uh, marketing automation that you can do. Mike, what's the next step in your journey?
1: Well, last year I gave that business uh, to my business partner, Robert, who you know very well. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, you're curious about it or or what it is, it's actually being transitioned right now to WealthFactory.com instead of the Elevation Group, now that I've kind of pulled away from it. And and if you want
0: to just, uh, I did do an interview with Robert, Robert Hershey, you can just uh, on AES Nation, you can go to it. And uh, they're doing some exciting things. And you're off on a new exciting adventure.
1: Yeah, so my, you know, my passion has really you know, focused on two things. I, I tend to only start businesses where I think they have an opportunity to have a really grand impact on the world. That's the only thing that I get motivated by and that really falls into two categories right now. Uh, you know, one of them that is, is kind of my focus at the moment is selfmademan.com. Yeah, and let
0: me pull that up on the screen here too for everybody. You know, this yeah, it's, is a, it's the beginning. A holding page at the moment. Okay, yeah, go ahead and describe it.
1: And so when I look out at the world and you look at the fallout and what's taken place specifically since 2001 and 2008, it, I find it extremely concerning, you know, as far as the amount of corruption and moral decay that we've seen specifically here in the United States. You look at the decision and, and the events around 2008 and the fact that not one single person has gone to jail. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, the 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 unfortunate stuff that's having you know happening between citizen and citizen these days around race and things like that. You're looking at income equality, you're looking at corruption, you know, and scandal in Washington on a, on a daily basis, and you look at what's happening in our school system, uh, you know, to the family unit and to you know kids being raised you know by single parents, and you know, that really is a sign of where your society is heading, and I find that extremely concerning. And so I asked myself last year, well, how do you actually address that? How do you fix it? So, you you know, you don't end up like Rome did, um, which seems to be the path that we are on. And when you look out at, at government today and, and the media and whatever else is put out, it's all designed to address the symptom of the problem. So if someone gets shot with a gun, the the solution that they put out is to ban all guns you know if someone you know if kids are getting fat every day at school it's it's for them to you know eat less sugar or whatever it may be to change to address the symptom and w- hopefully we all know that that never really fixes anything it's um, it's akin to taking a pharmaceutical drug to take pain away without actually f- fixing the cause of the pain and so if you ask yourself, how do you actually change a society without using the barrel of a gun, which unfortunately tends to be, you know, how that has taken place over the course of human history? And the answer that, or the conclusion that I've come to, is really the fact that you have to change the value system held by the men who live within that society. And so, if you change the value system, you know, back to a period where right and wrong is is tantamount and honor and in, you know, integrity and honesty are are, are held, you know, high of fulfilling your family duties as a father and a husband, and a, you know, and a wife are, are up there, at the top of the list, rather than everybody fending for themselves and having this entitlement mentality and and you know, uh, pursuing your own desires over everybody else's over the consequences that may you know come from that, which is typically how I view Washington these days, uh, you know, rather than doing what's right for you know the people of the country that you represent, um, and so you know, it's not a quick fix, it's not an easy one, but I believe it's the only actually effective one. And so the goal of Self Made Man is to really bring back leadership, mentors, and education uh, to the new generation of men coming up these days to give them role models, you know, that actually put, you know, uh, values and morals into their their DNA that leads to long-term success for not only themselves, but for, you know, the next generation. So. That's really the goal of self-made man, and you know we'll we'll see you know how it goes. Hopefully, well, it, will th- it
0: will do very well, no doubt, because I can hear that passion, and uh, yeah. I, I share the same belief and passion, and many entrepreneurs do. I mean, they're they're self-made. You know, leadership. Uh, many times we've had good role models along the way. Sometimes our parents, sometimes others. But you know, to the extent that you can have somebody. You know, walk that path before you, a uh, mentor, and share that. So, uh, you know, anything I can do, Mike, to help you with that mm. mission. I mean, this is something that's really important. You know, w- one of the most powerful things. I mean, you've done is written books, and uh, we've got the next segment, which is. Uh, book of the day, and you know, entrepreneurs. What would you recommend? You know, they read. You know, um, I mean, and I know we did a little pre-interview beforehand, there was a lot of books that you've read, uh, but what was the one that you were thinking?
1: You know, the one that I've I've really enjoyed the most over the last couple of months is um, uh, Expectation Hangover by my friend uh, Christine Hassler, and it really dives into what we go through specifically as entrepreneurs when things don't work out, and... You know, I, I in many ways went through some of the most difficult years of my life over the last 24 months, going through a divorce, and you know, my business partner coming down with leukemia, and going through the business challenges we had with you know revenues, you know, taking a nosedive, and all of that stuff. And uh, so, you know, her book was specifically—it was very timely for me, and I, I related to almost every single part of it. And I think it's a very short, easy read that. Every single one of us can really take something away from because we tend to be super driven individuals, very goal oriented, get it done type of folks uh, who can be very hard on ourselves when we don't meet our own expectations. And, you know, that's really what the book was about. And it was very liberating. Um, so I, it was super valuable to me in that regard. No, I
0: look forward to reading it because not, no one gets out of life unscarred and entrepreneurs seem to get more scars than most. So uh, right. sounds like a great book. How about on your application of the day?
1: You know, surprisingly, I am not a super tech savvy guy. You know, all of my businesses, it's interesting. I, I really just focus on the very fundamental pieces of building a, a core business, which is put out value, put out great products, you know have a, a good relationship with your customers and your readers and If you do the fundamental things correctly then you don't really need to worry about all the cool whiz bang you know stuff that's out there so i don't follow i don't use all of the latest crazy technical you know tools and technologies i'm not on instagram you know i have facebook and and twitter and that's about it and for me that tends to keep things focused on what matters most and and it's worked out very well for me so uh you know as far as my phone goes i think i have like four apps on it but the one that is probably most useful to me is Instacart. And, you know, I'm down here in, in downtown Austin, Texas, a couple of blocks away from the national headquarters of Whole Foods. And, you know, for me, if I'm out of my yerba mate or paper towels or, you know, something like that, instead of having to take to minutes to an hour of my time to go get, you know, veggies for juicing or whatever it may be, Instacart, uh, you know, I can jump on there. They have the entire inventory for Whole Foods on my app stores my credit card info. I just, you know, pick out exactly what I want, and, you know, an hour later, all of that stuff is delivered upstairs to my condo. So... You know, finding little ways to streamline my time and make life more efficient has been a, a huge benefit in that that's at the top of the list. For yeah, I did sure.
0: check, Mike. Uh living out in the a little bit outside of the edge on Silicon Valley, it doesn't come, but Google Shop does and a few other delivery services nice. do. So but uh, yeah, streamlining this that's one of the best things of technology. Let's go to the next segment, which is resources. And Mike, let me pull up your uh uh, MikeDiller.com website. It's a, a darn good looking picture of you. Uh, it with a very good message, uh, build your business, build your wealth, live your dream. What are the, some of the resources there?
1: You know, on the homepage, it's really a list of, uh, you know, the, the, companies that I'm currently working on or that I'm associated with like tiger. And so that really is designed as a, as a branding page. And, you know, we talked about that at the beginning of, uh, you know the interview which is you've got to really pay attention to the brand that you build and the image that you portray online and so that is the entire purpose of this website and so on the home page it's designed to give you a very quick overview of the companies that i've built and the the people that i'm associated with and then on the about page it's designed to tell you about my life so that you can either say hey i'm into that as well you know or or, no i'm not And and i think if you happen to be uh... (laughs) A very liberal, um, I don't know how to put this, very liberal democratic, you know, person that comes to my site, you're going to be turned off fairly quickly. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm a libertarian, so I'm in the middle of, of the road I don't really pay much attention to politics, but at the same time it is designed. There's a reason there's a there's a reason there's a picture of me uh, you know, holding a, an AR fifteen rifle on that page and fly fishing in Colorado with a, a nice rainbow trout there and you know, racing cars. So, uh, you know, all of that stuff was done with a very specific intention in
0: mind. Now, let me go to the last segment. <laughs> all uh, key takeaways. And, uh, Mike, I'm looking at my notes. I got all kinds of notes. And remember, you can always go back to AESNation.com and get the transcript, the show notes, and so on. Well, I think a key takeaway is, I mean, what I love about every one of your businesses is that you defined who you wanted to serve and it was something, some inner challenge that you had and it, you know, this was on your journey of discovery and you wanted to take other people that were having that same struggle uh, through. And then you identified the specific problems, you know, that gap between where they are and where they wanted to go. And then you developed the marketing campaign and it was an attraction marketing, uh, you know, marketing automation you test it to test these things religiously. And I think one of the, the, the most important parts of it is kind of the advice of not becoming complacent. You know, we get high performing, you know, conversions and so on and working that to, it's a constant test to make sure that you're building, you're delivering a great experience and really attracting and, and you've done it. And uh, I know you're going to continue to do it well, Mike, and I want to thank you for joining us and sharing your insights.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, John. This was uh, this was awesome, and I look forward to having you on Self Made Man at some point in the well, future. I'll
0: look forward to it as well. And in the meantime, uh, you know, you go out and execute, build this marketing automation that Mike has and I'm doing. I mean, I just it will change your life, your clients, but even more important, your future clients. They're counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable, breakthrough aesnation.com